Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Award. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. All right. Let's do this. I'm really excited to do this today. I mean, I was really excited to discuss today's topic, but the more research I did, the more I just found like... There's articles of like a lot of men posting about and like here's how women should do things and I'm like no no you're wrong and you're wrong yeah I like, so I started getting riled up a little bit I'm like no how dare you Same. stop it I started getting so angry at one point like I I think you can probably tell in the notes when I talk about <laughs> difference between men and women and how they were taught the law of chastity yes. Um, that's the point where I was just furious and I literally had to just shut my laptop and walk away. Mm-hmm. So today we are continuing our discussion of the commandments, not one of the 10 commandments. Although oh, one gonna, of the ten Yeah, I was going to say you, you like, Tracy, you already finished that. No, okay, no. sorry. Continue. You're, you're not done yet. It's our continuation of <laughs> the commandments, not the 10 yes. commandments, the other the commandments. different commandments. The, Separate but equal commandments, I guess you could call them. <laughs> oh, one of the many others. Non, un, non-counted? Uncounted? Non-numbered commandments? Yeah. 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 All right. Continue. Today, <laughs> today we're going to talk about the law of chastity. Hey. Now, we both have a lot of thoughts on the law of chastity. A lot of thoughts, which is, I think, one of the reasons, like, we've pushed it off a little bit. Like, it's something that I would have done, like, even towards the beginning, because I think it really needs to be discussed, especially from a single, uh, like, a YSA point of view. Because a lot of our doctrine, like, just, oh, it's a struggle, so. Get into it. Yeah. (laughs) Especially, Kaylee and I have very different experiences with, like, learning about the law of chastity. Yes. In our different parts of the country, as well as like, I know that we probably have a lot of fairly similar views on this, but mm-hmm. we know that this is such a taboo topic for YSAs as it's almost never discussed in YSA wards other than mm-hmm. don't have sex. Please stop committing sexual sins. If I hear another person coming to my <laughs> office as a bishop and them talking about oh a sexual God. sin, I'm going to lose my mind. So I feel like it's something that we really, really need to discuss. And I agree with you that we should have discussed it sooner, but it's not that we were pushing it off. It's just that Mm -hmm. we were like, we wanted to be ready. Yeah. To do it right. And the weight. Oh gosh. The weight. (laughs) (laughs) How many love chastity jokes are we going to make today? Oh (laughs) God. This is our first time as well. Hey. <laughs> oh gosh. Sorry. Oh, really how can we not though? Oh my gosh. I'm really proud of myself for that one actually. Yeah, that was that was really well done. Well done, Tracy. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> it. Actually, it's going to be like this the whole time. I was going to say, now that we've gotten uh, yeah. the jokes out of the way, no, we're going to no. be like this the whole time. And it's not because we're uncomfortable talking about this. It's because we're we funny. are funny, or at least we think we're funny. And some of the things that we have found are 
in my opinion, really hilarious in the sense that I'm frustrated reading them so much that I have to make jokes about them. So mm-hmm. we're going to try to keep this lighthearted, but we're also going to keep it really serious and spiritual. So mm-hmm. let's get into it. Let's do this. Um, okay. Yeah. So let's dive right in. So I really like how Tracy put together our notes to discuss the law of chastity concepts that we know as basically the, the groundwork, the foundation of our understanding of the law of chastity, such as the law of chastity is God's commandment to live a life of sexual purity and virtue. Simple as that. Exactly. That is literally the whole commandment. If we were reading (laughs) it in the scriptures, it would just say that it's God's commandment to live a life of sexual purity and virtue. Basically, that's it. It doesn't go into like further details. The more Mm -hmm. we go into specifics, the more we are learning that it's from like people that have experience and that are like, we want to tell you how you can live the law of chastity because this is how we lived the law of chastity growing up. Mm -hmm. So like the rest of the stuff, even though I know it is in church manuals and like in doctrine and all this other stuff, some of the things you have to remember to take with a grain of salt and to figure out on your own, like all the other commandments. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. There aren't really that many scriptures that are going to say, here's exactly what the law of chastity is and here are all the details about it. And this will answer every single question. Yeah. It's definitely not like that. It's more like, okay, here's the basic understanding and like, like that's it. So there's other like church talks and, and lessons and pamphlets that go into more details to try and clarify it, but it's really going to be a little bit personal commandment that, yeah, we have to take a grain of salt because because some things can change a little bit to yeah. a certain extent. There's a difference in living the letter of the law and living the spirit of the law. So, mm-hmm. like, if you were to follow the letter of the law, you would basically be going with the For the Strength of Youth pamphlet, learning this. Before marriage, do not do anything to arouse the powerful emotions that must be expressed only in marriage. Do not participate in passionate kissing, lie on top of one another, or touch the private sacred parts of another person's body with or without clothing. Do not allow anyone to do that to you. Do not arouse those emotions in your own body. So if we were following the letter of the law, we would not be doing anything whatsoever. We would not go on dates. We would not hold hands. We would not kiss anyone. Like, it would just, I feel like we would be very stunted emotionally and mentally and socially, especially. Like, there would just be so much stunting. Mm -hmm. And then you would be a complete disaster when you finally got married. Which does happen. It totally does. Go into that detail later. It definitely does. But I also feel like in that case, like, if I was following the letter of the law in that sense, then I would, again like I said, be emotionally and physically and socially stunted. But if mm-hmm. I'm following the spirit of the law, I would be like, okay, so what is it that arouses those emotions? What is it that like makes me feel this way? Am I connecting with this person in a way that helps our relationship? Or is it just like self gratification, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And right. that's a different conversation altogether. Mm-hmm. That is very true. Yeah. I think it's, it's something that we have to keep in mind because most commandments have a connection to what, to our interactions and our relationships with other people. So especially with the law of chastity, it takes into serious consideration on how we treat others and how we're treating ourselves. Such as also in the First Strength of the Youth pamphlet on page 36, it says treat others with respect, not as objects used to satisfy lustful and selfish desires, which 
I mean, I, I remember how much we always love to make fun of um, the term necking. So, like, there's a lot you can joke about in, like, the first yeah. thing youth pamphlet. But I really do love that line. Treat others with respect, not as objects used to satisfy lustful and selfish desires. Because being selfish is one of the worst things that we can really be doing in any context because it goes against, like, every commandment. Exactly. And I think the selfishness is the point that they're ultimately trying to make in regards to the law of chastity. Exactly. In almost every manual, article, talk, everything that I read today, the single connecting point was selfishness. So it Mm -hmm. said that, like, your sexual desire is not evil in itself, but your desire to, like, force that onto someone or to be self-serving and selfish, not thinking about another person and their will and their, Mm -hmm. you know, their their own self, their agency, exactly, Mm -hmm. that is what makes it evil, and that's what makes it bad. In the Gospel Principles Manual, there's a really, really good quote by President Hinckley. He says, God has planted in you for a purpose, a divine urge which may be easily subverted to evil and destructive ends. When you are young, do not get involved in steady dating. When you reach an age where you think of marriage, then is the time to become so involved. But you boys who are in high school don't need this, and neither do the girls. And that is from um, the October 1997 General Conference. So I really love that quote specifically because he's not saying that our desires are evil. Mm -hmm. He's saying that they are divine, they are God-given and for a purpose. And that when we're really young, like when we're in high school and starting to date, that that's the time when we need to avoid putting ourselves into a situation that would make those desires come out more. So Mm -hmm. he cautions people in high school to avoid steady dating, which I totally Mm -hmm. understand. But then he says, when you reach an age where you think of marriage, then is the time to become so involved. So now I'm thinking... In my own interpretation of it, when you're getting older and you're like a YSA or an older SA or whatever, and you're at that age where you would be thinking about having marriage and you would be starting a family, essentially, that's when you can start delving into like understanding those desires, figuring out how they work within you, how they work in a relationship and becoming more mature in that sense, but not actually going forward with having sex if that makes Mm -hmm. sense, like gaining intimacy and having intimacy in a relationship, but not right. Going into that part of a relationship. Yeah, definitely needs to wait. But yeah, understanding is its own thing as well. I think that's very important that we do highlight just the basics, which the gospel principles manual says we are to have sexual relations only with our spouse to whom we are legally married. No one, male or female, is to have sexual relations before marriage. After marriage, sexual relations are permitted only with the spouse. The law of chastity requires that our thoughts as well as our actions be pure. And I really like that line. The law of chastity requires that our thoughts as well as our actions be pure. And I think that's very important that um, no matter what situation we're in, whether we are married or single that or dating, um, that our thoughts and actions continue to be as pure as they can reasonably be. Um, and then there's a time and place for everything. And actually, as I was doing research, I think it was uh, on the website for the redheaded hostess where she actually gave a uh, a sex analogy that was a good one. 
It's not nothing about like flowers losing their petals or anything. Um, it talked about the focus on timing. So her example was having orange juice and mouthwash. So when you drink orange juice and then take the mouthwash, then it's refreshing. But if you do mouthwash and then orange juice, it's not refreshing. It ends up being super gross. And so the, everything has its own time and place. And and it will be good when it happens. And if you're doing things out of order, then it may not go as well as you were hoping for kind of thing. I like that a lot mm-hmm. because it definitely paints the picture different from what we've been taught for years and years and what yep. you and I both studied a lot of today. One thing that I noticed that really just aggravated the crap out of me was how much negative and condemning rhetoric there is in discussing the law of chastity. That honestly stresses me out. So Mm -hmm. it turns into obedience to the law of chastity as a do or die sort of situation. It Mm -hmm. paints a picture that it's an unpardonable sin, that you can't repent from it, that you can't ever come back from it. And you're just doomed to a life in the underworld, essentially, if you do it. And I know that that was how it was taught to me, not in like my youth age, but like when I first hit college at SVU, that's how it was taught to us was that it was this horrible, unpardonable sin and all of us would burn in hell if we did it, even though we knew that hell in that sense doesn't exist. But when it's painted like this and when it's taught like this and when it's spoken about like this, it takes away the atonement and it takes away the fact that this is something that God has actually given to us for a purpose, that we're all allowed to have these desires and that they're actually okay and they're good. Mm -hmm. And like you said, that everything just has a time and a place. Right. Yeah. Like the way I grew up with it was, oh, it's the second worst sin that you can ever commit. Yeah. And so like, I mean, I I get that they want to um, emphasize the importance of what you do and don't do. Mm -hmm. But to just reiterate that over and over. Yeah. Like you said, it's not it's taken away from the atonement because, yeah, it is like it's important to know that, okay, it is a very grievous sin. Yes. But there's always a but because any sin can be washed away with the atonement as long as we're willing to to work to uh, reconnect with our Lord. Anything is possible with Jesus. So, yeah. like, we need, yeah. we need to remember that and not just be like, ooh, you're going to hell. Literally, like, like if someone's going to hoe better. around, let them hoe around until they decide to stop hoeing around. OK, just like stop worrying about their salvation. Worry about your own. We don't get to judge other people for their choices. We use righteous judgment for ourselves, not on others. Yes. That needs to be said to every freaking person, not every person, but a lot of people over and over again. I think it's important for everyone to hear that. So I agree with you in saying that every person needs to be told that repeatedly. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. This is the other part that we'll have to do an entirely separate episode on. Yes. Is in regards to the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say exactly what I wrote down because mm-hmm. I don't think I can come <laughs> up with anything better than what I wrote down. It is well so, worded. So okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that I learned on my own through personal scripture study and personal revelation as it relates to the LGBTQ community in the church. So all of God's children, emphasis on this, all of God's children 
are expected to abstain from sexual relations until marriage. Now, I realize that in the church, we have a lot of policies that overshadow the doctrine a lot of the time. And I mean a lot of the time, all the time, these policies overshadow the doctrine. But the core doctrine of the law of chastity is very simple, and it just says that everyone is expected to abstain from sexual relations until they are married, period. I don't know everything. Maybe I'm living in a fantasy world, but in my fantasy world, it is wonderful because Hmm. this is where members who identify as gay, lesbian, bi, trans, etc. can continue to live the law of chastity, get married to whoever it is that they love, and remain in good faith in the church. And that is where I am going to stay and wait until the policies that are created by man catch Mm -hmm. up to the doctrine because the doctrine still says everyone must not have sex until they are married it Mm -hmm. doesn't say straight people you can go ahead and do whatever you want it doesn't say anything else it just says that so Mm -hmm. i am going to live in this fantasy world continually Mm -hmm. and if you have a problem with it, you can take it up with Jesus yourself because this is what I have figured out for myself through <laughs> personal revelation. So Well, then clearly they don't get to live in your fantasy world and they are missing out. It's so a great world. Okay? It is. There's- I am there too. I am completely on board with that. That's something that I've come to understand for myself as well. Like like every single word for that. That's that's what I believe. And it's just like, if, if you don't understand, if you don't accept that, then... That's your choice, but you're missing out on a lovely place. Yeah. But again, mm-hmm. I will die on this hill of <laughs> every single person that is a child of God, which is every single person is expected to live this commandment. But Tracy, there are people in the world that don't know about the law of chastity, and that's fine. I'm mm-hmm. not going to make them live it. But once you're in the church and you identify in any part of the LGBTQ community, like, you are still expected to live this law as a member of the church, period. Mm-hmm. When right. you get married, you can do whatever you want with your mm-hmm. spouse. But until that time comes, you still have to live the law of chastity, too. Right. It, yeah, it just, it becomes that that foundational law, like, you know, the sixth commandment and the ten commandments is thou shalt not kill. So just don't kill. So and yeah. the law of, law of chastity is just, like, don't do anything sexual until you're married. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's that simple and it's not getting into specifics like any about anything else. So anyone can and should be able to theoretically do that once they know and understand it, it is it is a law. Exactly. All right. What should we get into next? Hmm. I have gone through my own searches of trying to understand the law of chastity because a lot of church leaders say a lot of different things. There's mm-hmm. very little to be found act- in actually the scriptures. And so, yeah, so you've got very little in the scriptures. You've got the basics in the doctrine. And then you've got a ton of church leaders and a lot of different talks that will say one thing or another. Yeah. And so I think it is really important that we emphasize a few of the different interpretations that have been given so that at least we all have an idea of what's going on and what it, what it could mean and be interpreted as. All right. I agree with you. I would like to point out that I read multiple articles from multiple different new eras from multiple different decades that all said different things. And each one of them made me 
want to smack my head into a brick wall repeatedly. So mm-hmm. I hope you all understand how much we care about you by doing this research. Um, <laughs> so in the most recent article I could find about the law of chastity, I hate this article so much. It made me so uncomfortable. Um <laughs> I, so I think that's what it's supposed to do. I feel like that's what they're, that's what I feel like they're always trying to do when they actually do talk about the law of chastity. It's like, we'll get it just so you're uncomfortable and then we're going to like get vague on everything else. I had a whole discussion yesterday with one of my girlfriends from college who is married, endowed, has a kid. We had a big talk about sex and I wasn't uncomfortable once, but reading mm-hmm. that article made me <laughs> so uncomfortable. I just felt like I needed to shower afterwards. Like I felt yeah. so okay wait okay oh. now i'm curious though like why it made you uncomfortable because like is it because the new era is talking to younger kids is it just because it's an old person telling you what to do is it like their wording like can you tell like can you tell I can, why i can do it with this one quote okay are you ready bring okay. it on it says If you're still wondering what passionate kissing means or what it means to arouse sexual feelings, talk to your parents, bishop, or other trusted adult. Conversations with them can help you to understand proper and improper behavior and help you live a life of sexual purity. End quote. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I do not want to hear from old people what passionate kissing is. Never in my life have I ever wanted that. Oh my gosh. I can't, I cannot, cannot fathom being 12 years old, being super excited to be in Young Woman's, opening to this article and seeing that quote and and then going to church, walking up to my bishop and saying, Bishop, what does passionate passionate kissing mean? Why would I want, like, okay, most likely it is going to be an older man. So it's going to be an older man telling a 12-year-old girl what passionate kissing is all about. Okay. That is why I was like, I okay this article so much. And the first oh my picture, gosh. okay, I feel uh-huh. so bad for this kid. There's pictures. Whoever agreed to be the model for this article, The New Era, I feel uh-huh. so bad for him because he is forever oh. going to be known as the law of chastity boy. Oh, no. He's just sitting there, like, with, like, a big, doofy smile on his no. face, looking so happy. And, oh, like, my gosh. I just, I hated everything about it. I'm really sorry, everyone. <laughs> like, if that's your article and that's your jam, I, I'm sorry. I just hated it. We're glad um, someone enjoyed it. And then oh, my gosh. I said, so then after that, I had read one from like the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And of course, that was even worse because it was the 80s and everything was bad in the 80s. That's um, true. And this girl compared living the law of chastity to a moth going towards a hot light bulb. What? So she said she was sitting on her front porch. I'm not kidding. This is I can't make this up. She's sitting on her front porch and she was watching a moth repeatedly fly into a light bulb and it would touch the light bulb and it would get singed a little and it would back away. And then it couldn't stop doing that. And it would repeatedly go towards the light bulb, get singed a little and back off until finally it had done it so many times that it had fried itself to death and it just collapsed onto the ground, burned, singed and dead. And she said, this is what sexual sin is like. What? She said it doesn't all you happen. Sin enough at once. And you'll die. She is says, that is that it? Yeah. She says it doesn't all happen at once. 
it's little things until it goes to the big finale of actual <laughs> in your course. Oh, that precious child. Who was teaching this to people? Oh, Why? That's weird. I was dying. Oh so the one thing that I really liked that I, the only thing I think that I liked from the 2019 article mm-hmm. was here's a key to help you. Strive not to act selfishly. Don't lust after someone thinking about them inappropriately or do things that arouse sexual feelings in yourself or others. That's also why it's so important not to engage in pornography or other degrading media. Those things are always selfish. They always drive away the spirit and they always tempt you into things you shouldn't be doing. So it's important to learn to understand your body and your feelings, but it's up to us to fight urges. So, I like that. Yeah. Only because it said, don't act selfishly. Like, don't do things that push you into the bad place. Mm-hmm. Like you had talked about with um, adultery a couple weeks ago in the commandments episode. How it's more about keeping yourself in the good place and not dwelling on those thoughts that would push you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that's important. And like we said earlier, like it's all about like not being selfish and just, you know, being more careful and making sure that we are connected with the spirit ultimately. And we can't do that. We can't be connected to the spirit if we're not if we're doing thing, the wrong thing. Awesome. So for those who have well or have not been through the temple, um, there are some things that do get mentioned about the law of chastity. Um, so it, it's saying no sexual relations except with your spouse. That's literally it. One thing that we don't feel is super explained well enough is the importance of obeying the law of chastity before making the decision to go through the temple. And I know, Tracy, you've talked with me about this several times, and it's Mm -hmm. actually helped me, like, open my mind to understanding even more. In your notes, you say, once you make covenants in the temple, one of them being chastity, the level of obedience you must follow is higher, and so is the fall if you have sex after receiving your endowment. You are bound to the higher law and therefore have stiffer consequences. Repentance is still applicable, obviously, but it's more rigorous. And so, yeah, it's really just, it's like... It's like taking a step, a higher step. Like you've, yeah. you've already agreed to like, you know, the first couple of steps. You're like, okay, yeah, faith, baptism. Then the dam is another step as you go like, okay, yeah, I'm going to keep the law of chastity. And the more steps you take, the higher you get. So if you do stumble, then you're going to fall down a few more stairs that you need mm-hmm. to reclimb up again um, if you choose to. And that's really, that's it. Like you need to consider the potential consequences. So there's always going to be that ladder for you to climb. But mm-hmm. every time you fall, um, if you ever, whenever you fall, if you, the higher you fall, the more it's going to hurt exactly. and the harder it's going to be to climb up, but it's never going to be impossible. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to talk about very briefly how the law of chastity is explained in YSAs. It's not. Nope. Or when it is, they crack open the for the strength of youth pamphlet and they read it, and then they go, yeah, that should cover it. Please don't <laughs> ask me questions. Just obey it. I'm just going to read this quote. Please do. Because this is the best way to sum it up. So it says, many LDS young adults report that the only discussion they have had about sexuality is when they were taught about the negative outcomes of premarital sex and pornography. These negative attitudes, combined with the reluctance of parents and others to address these matters frankly and consistently, leaves many young adults feeling that their sexual feelings are wrong, shameful, and contrary to a spiritual way of life. So again, 
we need to stop having the negative rhetoric when it comes mm-hmm. to talking about sexuality because sexuality is not a condemnable thing. It's something that we're all born with and we need to learn more about, which brings us to talking about this wonderful human mm-hmm. who you all need to learn about. Yes. Her name is Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife. She is a sex therapist or a section relationship therapist. Um, she is also a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and she really specializes in relationship therapy. She has a whole website. Um, how Kaylee and I were introduced to her is through the Mormon Marriages podcast. I mean, we don't know her personally, but we would like to. No. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we came to know who she was. Mm-hmm. And she has her own blog. She does interviews with news outlets, other podcasts she appears on. Um, She does speaking engagements as well. And she's just a wonderful human. One thing that I love about her is she really focuses on changing the rhetoric of speaking about sexuality and the law of chastity. One thing she said, we need to shift our thinking and the way we talk in the LDS church to give more legitimacy to our sexuality, even as single people. Our sexuality is a potential within us. It is a God-given potential. It is one of the greatest potentials that we are blessed with, and yet how we use it matters. What I think often happens in the church is we want to say sexuality as a single person shouldn't exist, or the feelings and pressures shouldn't exist if you are a good person. If you are married, those pressures and desires are legitimate, but not if you're single. So then we deny the feelings and desires of sexuality in LDS singles. That's basically what happens. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing firsthand as YSAs. Like, I can't even tell you how many times we had a fifth Sunday lesson with our previous bishop where he would talk only about the law of chastity and how we need to stop acting on our sexual desires because they're bad and all this other stuff and basically Mm -hmm. condemning the whole ward. Um, And she is really an advocate for people being like, okay, here's the law of chastity. You need to do your own study. You need to do your own research, your own pondering and your own conversations with God and with your significant other and figure out everything about Mm -hmm. how you're going to follow the law of chastity, how you're going to honor your covenants and legitimize your feelings and desires Mm -hmm. exactly yeah i think that's super important and then just really quick as we uh, proceed forward um beyond the podcast and her blogs and everything she's also in this article um with a quote that you gave two two quotes before and that one sent from dr jason carroll who's a brigham young professor and author of sexual homeless and marriage Um, and they were both interviewed by producer Candace Madsen at KSL in her special Love and Marriage, a Modern Take on a Traditional Vow. I, like, I've understood the importance of like always having to be like super, super good, you know, being clean and everything. But as I've gotten older, I've thought about getting married. And it's like, how am I supposed to understand and enjoy having sex if all I'm told is ever don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen as I've gotten older articles of you know, like Christian women specifically who struggle with suddenly changing their mood about it. And I like I've noticed that as a problem, like overall, and I I see that way too often now, which kills me because we shouldn't be troubled by something that's supposed to be blessed, you know. And so throughout everything that we talk about with Jennifer Finlayson Five, 
she she's working on helping us to work through that to make sure that we are bringing together our sexuality and chastity together that we are still connected to the lord throughout everything that we do exactly she continues i think as a faith community we need to do a better job of addressing single single adult sexuality than that and the way to do that is to talk differently about sexuality in general We need to create an ethic around sexuality in which we teach the value and potential goodness of our God-given desires, as well as the importance of channeling our sexual energy towards choices that forge our strength and benefit those we love, depending on the relational context we are in. I freaking love that because in another article we're going to talk about in a little bit, actually, I'm just going to talk about it now. (laughs) Um, Do it. In 2015... Dr. Finlayson Fife went to a singles conference in New York City, and she was asked to give a talk about sexuality and the law of chastity and um, integrity as single adults. And one thing that she had mentioned was that it's more important for us to figure out the difference between Am I doing this thing because it is serving my own sexual desires or am I doing this thing because it is helping us to grow more intimately as a couple and is going to help us grow more together with God? And then she started asking like members in the audience, they had like a Q&A and this girl got up and was saying like, I've learned to accept the feelings that I have and to really put into perspective how I'm expressing them in a relationship And if I feel like Heavenly Father would not want me to be doing this, he has a very good way of telling me no. I mean, he tells me no regularly when it comes to being mean to someone or littering on the street. He is very clearly saying, like, you shouldn't have done that. But after I have participated in certain things with my boyfriend, he doesn't say those things. So I know that, like, he is not condemning me for doing any of those things. He's telling me you're doing the right thing and you need to just continue to have the spirit with you as you do them. I like that. I think yeah. that's really important. And then uh, something that Friendly Sin 5 said that chastity only makes sense in as much as it is supporting the idea of doing goodness. We often just want to say goodness is self-denial. I don't know if I see it that way. I think self-denial and sacrifice are fundamental to goodness, but not the same thing. And so how do we relate to our sexuality in line with our integrity? How do we relate to it to keep us in connection with other people, in connection with God, and a sense of doing good in the world? I think each person has to figure out what is what that is for them in their specific situation. Exactly. In her talk, again, to the singles in New York City, I'm going to be mm-hmm. referring back to this because this is the one Do that it. I took the most notes on. And I, uh-huh. <laughs> I've listened to it so many times and I've, I just love it. She does counseling. She's a therapist, obviously. So she's doing counseling. And she said, there have been so many times where I have singles come into my office and they're saying like, I'm addicted to pornography. And she'll be like, okay, well, how often do you look at pornographic images? And they'll be like, well, I mean, I looked at it like once maybe like two years ago. And then I looked at it again, like maybe a week ago. And she's like, that's not an addiction. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) curiosity is normal. It's that is fine. You're allowed to look at the naked form. I mean, artists do it all the time. Like Mm -hmm. don't think that you're looking at pornography just because someone is naked on your screen. Um, She's like, now if you had come into my office and said, I'm looking at porn every hour 
it's interfering with my job, it's interfering with this, it's interfering with my lifestyle, then I would be like, okay, yes, you do have an addiction to pornography. But going forward with that, she was saying how we are hyping things up in our minds that we have a problem because we have been born into this shame culture in the church. Very much so. We are so focused on condemning ourselves before Heavenly Father would ever condemn us for something. Like, mm-hmm. if you had, like, that person that came into her office, like, oh, I'm curious about this. I'm going to look this up. And, oh, my gosh, there's a picture of a penis on my computer screen. I'm going to hell immediately. I have a pornography addiction. Oh. Like, you're condemning yourself even though you mm-hmm. legitimately had a question and you were curious and you wanted to learn more. It's mm-hmm. the intention and she really preaches that, like, you need to stop focusing on condemning yourself when you know that you have pure intentions in relation to learning more, understanding yourself more, understanding the world more, and, like, all of these other things. You need to realize that Heavenly Father wants us to learn, He wants us to grow, and He wants mm-hmm. us to develop people. And if we're so afraid of developing and learning in this safe climate, then how are we ever going to make it to a mature enough position to get married and to go to that place with our partner? We're Mm -hmm. not going to be able to do that because we're going to be so ashamed of ourselves for even looking at our partner. You have Mm -hmm. to cultivate an environment in yourself of acceptance and of pure intentions in order to get past this hurdle of shame that we have been born into in the church. You need to learn how to just get over it. <laughs> right? Yeah, if only it's that easy. Um, it does <laughs> take time and effort. But, yeah, it's something that we definitely have to to work on. And I completely agree. And I love how you said we needed to create a self-environment within ourselves. Because, I mean, as great as the church is, as true as the doctrine is, the church t- does tend to be really focused on telling people to not commit sexual acts that not a lot else really gets covered very well. Like uh, Dr. Friendly Sin five can uh, does address. And um, so when we do talk about the law of chastity, like we don't always dive into our sexuality and we need to understand that better from educational and spiritual angles. I mean, no matter what kids say and ask and want to know, we, in a sense, we really do all want to know more, know more and know better. As awkward as it can be at some points, but the spirit can help with that. And I mean, when we don't have that without a clear education or understanding, then that is a breeding ground of fear, abuse and victim silencing ultimately. And that is not something that any of us would want, I would assume. And, you know, I know it's going to sound really weird and really out there, but I have actually over the last few years, I've been reading more about like human sexuality and watching uh-huh. YouTube videos on this sort of thing, not like nice. the dark corners of YouTube, but like <laughs> <laughs> the informative parts mm-hmm. of YouTube where they have like other sex therapists on that are like giving, you know, like, oh, hey, I'm at like a women's clinic and I'm giving a seminar on this thing. I want to talk to you about this. And mm-hmm. I'll watch that. And I'm like so captivated because I'm like, this is something so basic that everyone should know about. And <laughs> right? I feel like nobody in the church is willing to go and look those things up because they mm-hmm. have that shame culture and that good girl mentality of like, oh, good girls don't look at this sort of stuff and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm hyper fascinated by this sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, the more knowledge I have, the better I feel and the more confident I am about understanding things for myself. Like, 
it makes such a difference as I go about in my daily life, like just having a better understanding of myself, my capabilities and the world around me. It's just so fascinating. And I do think that we don't always know ourselves as well as we could. And there is so much knowledge out there. And, um, you know, as things continue to progress in this world, uh, political, spiritual, worldly, whatever, there are a lot of people talking about, you know, gender, sexuality and everything. And, there are more resources now than ever for us to learn more about it, which is incredible. And it is so great. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to go into this whole <laughs> singles conference thing because I could probably spend an entire day talking about it. We'll put well, the link, we'll put the link yeah. to it in, <laughs> in the Instagram post for this. So you can like read it at your own leisure. But one thing that I really just loved from this mm-hmm. was, her talking about self-acceptance or sexual self-acceptance. So she said, self-acceptance means being honest with yourself and God about who you are. It means honoring and serving God and others through your sexuality in whatever context you exist, rather than trying to repress it or deny its presence. For some singles, this may mean sacrificing the potential sacrament of sexual union. Many people have found ways to sublimate and translate their sexuality into other forms of service and devotion to goodness in the world. I would like to think we Mormons are more like the Protestants, but we also get caught up in unproductive guilt and shame for our sexuality rather than thoughtfully channeling our God-given passions in productive and pro-social ways. Again, there is power in self-acceptance around sexual thoughts and desires whether facilitating our capacity for intimacy with another or channeling those passions into other forms of self-expression. So I love that because you need to just accept yourself, number one, Mm -hmm. however you are. That's obviously the case with everything. And you need to accept that connection to God about who you are because Mm -hmm. this all came from him. And if we didn't have those desires, we wouldn't be able to procreate. We wouldn't be able to continue to bring God's children into the world. Rather than trying to repress it or deny the fact that it ever existed, you need to just accept it and be like, okay, I know that this is what I'm feeling. I know why I'm feeling like this. (laughs) How can I either turn it into a way for me to bond with my partner if I am in a relationship or how can Mm -hmm. I turn it into a way for me to connect more with Heavenly Father or with the people around me and use Mm -hmm. that power for good, essentially, (laughs) for lack of a better way of saying it. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Yeah. And then, okay, I want to add on to another one of her awesome quotes, which is from uh, the KSL um, article interview Q&A thing where she says it is natural to be curious and to find sexual imagery engaging. I I mean, hello, the human body is c- incredibly fascinating. And I yeah, um, so it's, it's curious. It's natural to be curious about it. I think we need to say it is normal to be drawn to it and to still direct our sexuality in ways that increase our ability to be in meaningful connection to with those we love. So I think we need to stop shaming and instead reinforce what we want to create with our sexuality and with our desires. We get to choose how we channel this energy inside us and what we choose will forge our strength or undermine us. We need to do a better job of helping people think about how they are relating to their desires and visual stimuli and whether it is helping them forge the kind of relationship to their sexuality that will offer goodness and that they can respect in themselves. So basically saying just what you were saying and like just adding like a little bit to it, like 
there because there there is a lot that we can do and there's like we don't need to when we are feeling the such emotions and everything we don't need to just like shove it down and pretend it doesn't exist we need to understand them and see if we can put them to good use basically exactly there was one other quote that kind of ties into this Mm -hmm. so it's what dr carroll says instead so he says in the marriage preparation course we teach the students how to prepare for sexual wholeness in marriage sexual wholeness involves three types of connection one connection between our spirits and bodies two connection between spouses and three connection between the couple and god this view helps young adults recognize that preparation for the sexual dimension of marriage is not primarily a physical matter but rather an emotional and a spiritual one as well individuals who approach their dating and relationships with an eye toward sexual wholeness and marriage remember that one of the primary purposes of dating and engagement is to develop a relationship that is capable of this type of complete marital intimacy developing emotional intimacy in dating and other relationships is an important foundation for this so he is really focusing on developing emotional intimacy and i know that he mentions later in this article and i know that jennifer or dr finlayson fife mentions it in another one of her articles where there are lots of married people who have sexual relationships but they don't have emotional intimacy whatsoever Mm -hmm. and so their sexual relationships are not fulfilling whatsoever and that's why they see her and on the flip side there are people that have like deep emotional relationships and deep emotional intimacy but they don't have the sexual aspect of their relationship and yet their relationship is more fulfilling so Mm -hmm. if you are able to develop the emotional intimacy that you are able to let down your guard let your whole heart out and have them protect it that means that you're more ready and you have a more solid foundation for a sexual relationship than people that are just like hey let's go do it i mean as single adults we're always just like yeah the law of chastity doesn't really apply to us like as long as i mean it does but like there's we know what we have to do just don't do anything and then we're in the clear like (laughs) yeah you know it's got that whole black and white vibe to it but at the same time there's a lot of aspects to it that we can consider and we don't need to consider as just a as a restriction for us. I mean, commandments are given to us as blessings. That's what they're meant to be. Um, so the law of chastity is meant to be a blessing. And mm-hmm. so though it can be difficult, like there's still a lot of good that can come from it. And it's something that we need to keep in mind, you know, when we're on a date and they're hot and stuff or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> there are different ways to consider the law of chastity, depending on the level of life that you're at, you know, because like, you know, when I was 10, I'm like, of course, I'm going to keep the law of chastity. Like, I'm not stupid. Yeah. Like, why would I ever do anything inappropriate with a boy? And then I like I got older and then I'm like, huh, I mean, no, no, I'm good. And then it's just like the older I get, the more I'm just like, oh, I, I get I get what they're saying. OK. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like it, but I've committed and yeah. it's worth it. So I think what you said earlier is so true that I mean, we talked about this literally last week when we were saying that living commandments is really a blessing. Like Heavenly Father gives us commandments to ultimately protect us mm-hmm. and to give us a sure way to return back to him. Mm-hmm. And even though we live in a time period where 
the law of chastity is like the biggest joke on the face of the planet. Nobody in the world wants to follow that crap or hear it. We have to recognize that ultimately it is a blessing to have this commandment because we don't have to worry about so many things because we follow the law of chastity. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about randomly catching an STD. You don't need to worry I about think. an unpreg, nope, unplanned <laughs> pregnancy. An unpreg. <laughs> an unpreg. <laughs> an unpreg. I don't hey, have I've, to worry about that. Yeah, I, I've had friends who have dealt with that, and I'm just like, I I don't, like, I didn't know what to tell them at the time because I'm just like, I am, I'm sorry. Don't, maybe don't have sex. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, I um. have been the friend that lots of people have come to when they think that they might be pregnant and they didn't plan it. And I'm like, all right, get in the car. We're going to go get some pregnancy tests. And the whole way there, Mm -hmm. if they're members specifically, the whole way there, I'm giving them the safe sex talk that they probably never got from their parents or school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about different forms of contraception and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. then they're like, what if I'm pregnant? And I'm like, I don't know. That's between you and Jesus. I'm just here to tell you how to not get pregnant in the future when I know you can't keep your legs closed. So, like, uh-huh. I mean, yeah, it, it's not our place to be like, here's what you have to do, but here are your options. And here's what we understand. Like, there's only so much we can really do to help others. I literally have told every single one of them, what you choose to do is between you and Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm not a part of it. I don't care what you do. I care about you, the person. I care about your health and safety. But what you choose to do with your unplanned pregnancy is between you and Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's none of my business. I will be here Mm -hmm. to support you no matter what your decision is. Exactly. You and Jesus. I am not Mm -hmm. a part of this. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. And I, I I just think it's very important for us to continuously keep that in mind. Like we have our agency. We can ultimately do whatever we want, whether we follow the law of chastity or not. Um, but yes, there can be consequences that you may have to keep into consideration. And it is something that you should continuously uh, keep in mind with Jesus, with our and with our Heavenly Father. Just talk to them. Figure that out together. And I know that we have said this so many times about <laughs> the commandments and about word of wisdom and really about every topic that we've talked about on the podcast. But ultimately, it comes down to personal revelation. So yes. if you're willing to put in the time to study it and to really ponder some questions that you have regarding it, to ask those questions to Heavenly Father specifically, and listen to what he has to say, that's when Mm -hmm. you're going to get your full understanding of the law of chastity. And it goes the same for figuring out your own sexuality as a person as well. Oh, agreed. Like, hey, if our bodies are temples, then it's not like when you go to a temple, you don't just go through the front door and, oh, that's going to get weird. Okay. But... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Our, bo- our bodies are amazing and we should never be ashamed of them because they are gifts from our Heavenly Father. And they like we and I don't know if it's Dr. Finlayson Fife or someone else, but I read this great article or something or other. And they're saying we are inherently sexual be- beings like that's what we were made and created to be. That is not a bad thing. That's the way we are purposefully created. It's not just accidental that we can feel different types of pleasure. It is purposeful and very intentional. And it's allowed within the law when you use the law of chastity correctly. Yeah. So we need to keep that in mind. Yes. 
Seriously. And so when it comes to marriage, there's ways, a, a lot of ways to feel pleasure and you are allowed to experience that. You don't want to be selfish like we've discussed, um, but you have the opportunity to experience, have a great experience with your spouse and still feel connected to the Holy Spirit and to your Heavenly Father. I mean, that is supposed to be a wonderful time for you. Um, but I do hear way too many stories about women on their wedding night just collapsing in tears or wanting to get divorced the very next morning because they don't know how they're supposed to handle that. You can't just switch your mindset just like that. Like, that's a huge paradigm shift to go from if you're just going like, oh, sex bad, and then sex good, like, mm-hmm. within the span of like, well, like once you said your vows. Yeah. <laughs> it is it, it's huge because sex really affects you in every possible way, spiritually, physically, emotionally. You need to learn to accept that and to better understand yourself and your capabilities as you go on. So what we're trying to get across in this episode, <laughs> I'm trying to bring it back. Well, yeah, it's taking so, so many random turns. I know this episode is gonna be long, but like yes. I am so okay with it because I think we've talked about so many different aspects of the law of chastity and we've opened up people's minds to different things. Mm -hmm. But I think what we are really trying to get across is how important it is for you to gain this understanding on your own. We have just told you what we have figured out Mm -hmm. on our own, (laughs) as well as through our own study, our own prayer, our own seeking of knowledge and like, Mm -hmm. There are good, wholesome resources out there, good, informative resources out there that you can study on your own as well and not right. feel ashamed about. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing you need to do if you're going to launch into any kind of study about the law of chastity is praying so fervently to have Heavenly Father just break the feelings of shame and mm-hmm. guilt and discomfort Absolutely. so that way you can learn open-mindedly. That is the first step that we all need to be taking. And mm-hmm. once have gotten over that hurdle, everything else is open to you. I'm not saying that like you're going to know immediately what you can and can't do in a relationship in regards to expressing your sexual desires or whatever and finding more physical and emotional intimacy. I feel like you're going to figure that out with every relationship that you have. Take some time to really think about these things and to really study it. And I promise you that as you study these things and gain more of an understanding about the law of chastity and about everything else, like you will feel so much better and you will understand that you are normal, that your feelings are normal, that you aren't a monster, that you don't believe you don't belong (laughs) in the outer banks of the celestial kingdom with Satan Mm -hmm. and his friends. Like you will be fine and everything will be great. So Mm -hmm. that's what I wanted to get across. (laughs) Agreed. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, we've we've shared a few resources. We've shared our thoughts. But ultimately, like these are just our personal beliefs stemming from our research and our our personal revelation. And now it's um, our listeners opportunity um, to to do that for themselves, to take into consideration what you said to yeah to work on letting go of any shame that they might be feeling about the law of chastity. And learn for themselves what that really means for them and their relationship with themselves, with their with their significant other, and with our Heavenly Father. Because that is very important. And it is a sacred commandment of the Lord. And it can be so great. It can be a blessing. And we don't need to just treat it like life is hard and torture. But there is goodness in the law of chastity. Preach. Okay. So <laughs> take some time. Study it out. Pray about it figure it out for yourself, explore yourself, 
explore everything. Be like Madonna, express yourself. Just maybe not be like Madonna. Really, but <laughs> just just Madonna. That, just for that one song. Just for express yourself. <laughs> um, okay. anyway, so I feel like we've done enough uh damage <laughs> and good in the hopefully episode. we haven't scarred anyone <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for listening guys we'll talk to you yes next we week. appreciate it bye <laughs>